Our moms were drinking champagne when Daniel died, sipping on bubbles as Beatrice screamed outside the burning party house, and I was loaded into an ambulance. Just before the first fire truck roared past where they sat, the four of them raised a toast, Mom told me. They lifted their glasses and drank to our futures. They congratulated themselves that despite us kids having our differences, and the four of them having differences too, we'd come through everything. The bad days were behind us, and our friendships and theirs were stronger than ever. Lies, lies, lies. And they all knew it. Kids, a party, underage boozing, a tragedy. Sadly, I see it more regularly than my gym class sees me. Usually it involves a car, a decade of mom and pop's payments into a college fund, years of nailing a GPA, sporting achievements, carefully crafted do-goodery, all crunching into a tree at 120 on an unlit stretch of highway. Sanctuary has everything that story requires. I'd forgotten how swanky this town is. As I turn down yet another hushed suburban street, I sweep the trash on the seat beside me into the passenger footwell so no one will spot it. Sanctuary is the sort of place that's good at making you feel not good enough. The houses are set so far back from the road you can hardly see them for trees. The yards are so wide you won't hear your neighbor's gardener on the ride-on mower. Pulled up in every driveway is a showroom's worth of vehicles, one for each family member, and a sports car for the weekend. I'm Hartford born and bred, and when I was assigned down here for my first rotation, fresh out of Connecticut Police Academy, it felt like I'd moved abroad. People talk different, look different. Even the air is different, saltier, fresher, more expensive. I open my window to let it in as I turn down Shore Road. The afternoon sun spangles the ocean and bounces off the sand, and my eyes narrow against the glare. A track leads off to the sports club that I remember as a favorite teen hangout. The kids here don't know how lucky they are. Except now tragedy has found its way among them. I glance at the file on the seat beside me. An automatic referral to us at state level on account of the age of the deceased. Flags for potential other felonies and misdemeanors include arson, drugs, and underage drinking. You did some time in Sanctuary, right? My boss had said, barely looking up as he tossed the file across his desk. Fire at a house party, one kid dead. Others injured, though nothing too serious. Wrap it up neat with a bow on top and we'll see you back here in a week. The air through the window has changed. All soot and smoke now instead of salt. And there in front of me is the house. Sail away villa. It's a fire-gutted shell. Roof gone, but the facade curiously intact, as if the blaze started in the middle and had burned itself out by the time it reached the walls. A uniformed deputy is refastening a perimeter of fluttering incident tape while a colleague watches. All around is a churn of mud where emergency vehicles went to and fro and fire trucks hosed the place down. My shoes sink into it as I get out of the car. The spectating cop hurries across, waving his arms until I flip my badge. You're the detective? he says skeptically. Maybe this asshole's never seen a black lady detective before? Though he's missing out on some great TV shows, if that's so. 
Detective Knight calls his companion, tying off the tape and coming over. Chief had me prepare this for you. All the kids that were here. He hands me a list of partygoers, and I wince at how long it is. Pretty much the entire senior class of Sanctuary High, helpful cop explains. Plus girls from the private school outside town, and football boys from across the county. From that mix, it looks like Dan put the word out. He was a star athlete and a popular guy. No kidding. Dan was the all-Connecticut Mr. Congeniality by the look of it. I recall the photo clipped to the top of the brief, a thick swoosh of blonde hair, and a smile that not even retainers could improve. A boy radiant with youth. Somewhere in sanctuary is a mom whose heart will be absolutely shattered. Though as I know too well, mom's hearts break over the mean and ugly ones too. Something tickles my cheek and falls onto the list. I brush it away, leaving a greasy black streak across the paper. It's soot. Long, feathery curls of it drift through the air like someone blasted a whole flock of crows out of the sky. Sailaway Villa was fancy before it got carbonized. My brief says it was a vacation rental and empty when the party happened. Maybe someone blew the wiring with overamped sound gear. Or kids got careless lighting spliffs off a kitchen stove. Perhaps it was just a phone charging with a frayed cable. At any rate, fire first, then a stampede to get out, and a boy falls and breaks his neck. A boy whose corpse will no doubt be found to contain epic quantities of alcohol. So, impaired judgment due to substance abuse. Accidental death, case closed. Maybe the parents can bring a civil suit against the property company, but it'd be a grubby business and they'd be better off quietly grieving. I look at the list. The deceased's name is at the top. Daniel Whitman. When I saw that in my brief, it sounded familiar. But there are plenty of Whitmans in Connecticut, all claiming to be related to the poet. Maybe some of them even are. I checked on his parents, and apparently Daniel's dad is a semi-famous Yale professor who's got a few rare diseases named after him. Second on the list is a name that definitely stirs a memory. Jacob Bolt. Hey, I ask helpful cop. Bolt. When I was posted in this district six years ago, Tad Bolt was the chief. Any relation? He's still the chief, and yeah, Jake is his youngest son. He's got four. I try to remember what Chief Bolt was like. Big is the first word that comes to mind. Popular is the second. Pink is the third. I got plenty of call-outs here, but none that progressed. I always suspected that Sanctuary dealt with its lawbreakers through cautions and hefty donations to the Police Benevolent Fund. Less paperwork, nothing on your record, and everyone's still friends afterwards. I put Jacob up top, says helpful cop, because he's the best friend, was the best friend, of the deceased. And this is Daniel's girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend, I'm not entirely clear. He's pointing to the third name, Harper Fenn, and that snags me too. It's startling how much I remember. I was in this district for 12 months, six years ago, and it feels like I know half the town. God, what must it be like living here? Harper Fenn has to be the daughter of Sanctuary's witch. I wonder if Sarah Fenn's kooky shop is still on the square? I remember her because girls were always going in asking for love potions, or boob-boosting charms, or study-aid spells. Fen was lax about it, and I'd have to keep warning her that witchery is an age-restricted product, like booze and cigarettes. She'd sigh and promise to do ID checks, then make me revolting herbal tea. Nice lady, if ineffectual as most mainstream witches tend to be. If it isn't little Maggie Knight... A blow between my shoulder blades nearly knocks me flat. There's hardiness, and then there's assault. For a law enforcement officer, Chief Bolt has got a shaky grasp on where the line is. 
Chief Bolt, good to see you, sir. One meaty paw holds me at arm's length for inspection. Though I now outrank him, I still cringe under his appraisal, as if I forgot to polish my Girl Scout badge. His eyes are a bright, hard blue, like his mama picked them out specially at a haberdashery button bin. Guess they promoted you from doing the coffee runs, eh, Mags? Sanctuary's glad to have you back. Here's how it's gonna be. Our community is hurting. Daniel was a good kid, a real good kid. Law-abiding, too. Can't tell you how many times he was over at our place, him and Jakey hanging out in the den. I'm proud my son had such an upright young man as his friend. I picture Daniel and Jakey in the den, enjoying the time-honored recreations of all 18-year-old boys, playing gory video games, getting stoned, and groping their girlfriends. There's gonna be questions asked, Mags, but here's the deal. The house was due repairs. Easy to see how the fire started. Easy as anything to see how those kids panicked. You could have been sober as a judge and still had a terrible fall. Daniel was just damn unlucky. He's something of a local hero. First-rate quarterback. Used to coach the little ones. No need to besmirch a boy's reputation once he's dead. Nor go dragging other folks into it. The hand squeezes my shoulder again for emphasis. Tad's warning me off. Protecting his own son as much as the reputation of the late Daniel Whitman. I instantly revise my assessment of what the boys got up to in their leisure time. Perhaps schedule one drugs, and rather more than just groping their girlfriends. What will toxicology find was in Daniel's bloodstream when he died? Yet the chief's right, isn't he? Whatever Whitman drank or smoked or snorted, it's not much of a crime. This was all a crappy, pointless accident that's ended some poor jock's life and probably traumatized the town's teen population. And the boss wants me back next week. Look straightforward to me, I tell him. I'll go through the kids' statements and get this settled quickly.